Welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's Tuesday, June 2nd, and y'all know that means it's time for a Tony Tuesday. That's right, Tony Serino's back on the show with me. We have a good one planned out for you guys. We're going to first start by talking about an interesting article put on by Mark Madden, known Pittsburgh sports personality, about why Mika Fitzpatrick maybe shouldn't be moving around. Then we'll dive into some more questions. We'll do some news and notes on, on the NFL, whether or not college football is coming back. And then we got a lot more to talk about with Davian Clowney turning down a, 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 a potential offer from the Browns to join them in a lucrative one at that. We've got a wider range of topics to talk about today. Let's get into it. All right, Locked On Steelers fans, you know it's your guy Chris Carter right here. And y'all know what time it is. It's time for a Tony Tuesday because my man, Tony Serino is back on the show. Tony, how you doing, my man? Doing really well. Doing really well, Chris. I uh, I had a haircut for the first what? time. Yeah, I know. I look like an actual human being again. It's weird. Uh, for the first time, I don't even know. I'm try- I was trying to remember the last time I had a haircut. I think it might have been February-ish, you know, because then we- that rolled into March and the quarantine happened. And then it's like, well, you know. I'm never leaving the house again, so what's the point? <laughs> but today I decided, all right, it's time. It's it's. Um, I was looking at it like the uh, – for, for those of you who have never seen me in real life, most of you have never seen me in real life, uh, I am bald. But uh, I was doing like the reverse mohawk thing. I was just kind of growing that out like a weird like, you know, George Carlin type look. <laughs> <laughs> you, George Carlin, that would actually be a, yeah. a pretty interesting look, look right there. But hey, man. <laughs> Glad you're back on the show. Yeah. And uh, but I have to say I hate you. You suck because oh. uh, you won Fantasy Draft Friday. <laughs> and of all the weeks for me to win, I swear I went into the podcast and I was like, eh, I'm not going to win this week, but it'll be fun because I get to talk about some of my favorite games. And then I ended up winning, and I have to say I was shocked by it. I, I thank you to everyone who voted for me. And, um, and, and you, we now have a streak going because you were the second place, the second picker. I did. Yeah. And I now know. Two weeks in a row that after an entire season. Of nobody picking second winning, that's back-to-back weeks for the second person to won. Yeah, now it's now who when we pick this week, uh, I think we'll yeah we're all gonna be rooting to go second. <laughs> <laughs> but what are the so the standings now are that I've pulled ahead of you. We were tied last year, guess so now I pulled ahead of you by one point. Um, well yeah yeah so I came yeah. in second so we Ooh. I think we we had seven points. Hunter had five. Yeah. Um, and now so now you have nine points. I have eight, and Hunter still has five. Yeah. So it's I mean this is gonna be neck and neck to the finish. How are we doing this all the way? Like do we do we have do you have an end point yet? Um, it, my plan is to end it right before training camp starts. Hopefully okay. training camp yeah, starts. If, if training camp starts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know. And you know right now is usually the time when I'm trying to make plans to actually go to training camp, right? Because right now is when they like leak, you know when the details start to leak about when training camp's gonna start. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I mean I'm, I'm assuming they're not gonna let fans into this thing, right? If they even if they do it. Yeah, I mean, I, that's the thing. I don't, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like the Steelers would take the precaution to not let that happen. But that's also, I mean, for St. Vincent College especially, that's also a lot of money for that school. Um, True. Like, True. You know that that's a huge tradition, um, and they might be able to to get people to space out more. I don't know. Like, I, well, but that parking situation is also rough. I, they, I feel like they, they, off the top of my head, if I was to guess right now, I would guess they would prohibit fans from coming. And if they did that, why would they even go to? Well, no, they would. They would still go to St. Vincent for the camaraderie of, of it, right? Because uh, it's it's a secluded location. Yeah, uh, it is, you got the campus feel to it. Um, 
and maybe I guess maybe if I, they're not gonna they probably wouldn't do fans at the the camp itself. Maybe they could do like a a like their fan night at Heinz Field, but then have you know like a signed seating where it's you know appropriately socially distanced that kind of thing um, potentially. Although I don't know if you want to get a bunch of people in a in a stadium. That may not be the best idea right now. Yeah, that's uh that that's that's something to uh to certainly consider. Um. Uh, but let, let, let's get into our top story of the day, Tony. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's uh, it, it, it bases off of uh, a good buddy of ours, Mark Matt, <laughs> um, who writes a column. And it's an interesting one. Uh, he writes this, he, wrote, he wrote a column for TrivLive, TrivLive.com, and it was, uh, it was titled, Minka Fitzpatrick Ga- Fitzpatrick's Game Isn't Broken, So the Steelers Need Not Fix It. Mm-hmm. which is a very interesting point because we've been talking about the excitement of being able to move him around. And he talks about, why would you do that when he works very well as a free safety? So he proposes an, uh, an, an opposing – he has an opposing argument to what people have been saying about they're excited to see Minka move around. Yeah. What, what was your thought when you saw that? Yeah, it's it's a really interesting point. You know, I'm look, and I know Mark Madden is a very divisive figure in, in the city of Pittsburgh, and, and he has a lot of hot takes out there, and I think, you know, hot takes for hot takes sake, right, just to kind of rile people up. This one, though, I, I have to say, I think this was is a, a pretty well-reasoned argument. Yeah. Um, and so I'm, I'm surprised by that. First of all, it's just like, I'm not reading a thing where it's like, don't move Minka around because he would suck as a slot corner or something, you know, when it's like a traditional Mark Madden take, I Mm. think this one, I think he's actually coming at it from a, you know, an intelligent point of view, which is to say, look, this deep, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And more so than like, Hey, you know, um, don't break, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. My worry with moving Minka around is who did the Steelers have? Like, if they're going to move him around a little bit and they're going to have him play a little bit of slot and play closer to the line of scrimmage, maybe like a strong or whatever. Who's plays deep exactly, right? And I don't know that there's a player right now that I trust because I know we all are expecting Trell Edmonds to continue his, you know, the, progressing in the NFL and maybe even make a leap now as he did look better last year than he had uh, his rookie season. But he, you know, look, Edmonds still struggles in coverage, right? I think if you look at the, the passer rating against Edmonds, you know, did not do well. Uh, in that way last year, and so do you really do you really trust him to be your deep safety? Uh, you know, I, I'm not ready to go there yet. But the Steelers are going to have to trust somebody to do it if they're going to if they're going to be in a situation where you know it's not going to be Minka playing you know deep half or, or deep third the entire season. No, it's it's, a, it's an interesting question. I've talked about it on this show a few times. Uh, Terrell Edmonds, he's good in the box, but when you've asked him to cover deep, that's when he makes the least amount of plays. Yeah. Um. And you also you need a person who can have that effective range as a player. You know, I you know I I brought this up uh, last week when I was like, what about Cam Sutton free safety? Because <laughs> we we ask that question every year. Yeah, um, yeah. But I, I honestly I, I I think that they need someone with the range, and I think Sutton has the range to cover someone in in a tight space. Like he can lock onto someone, be physical with them, make tackles, c- close that space, and make plays on the ball. But that's different than playing deep third or de- playing a deep half or, or, or being the only deep defender yeah, single high, yeah. and playing single high and, and trying to make plays on the ball that way. That's there's a whole lot of different kind of processing and footwork that, that goes into attacking that the right way, which is why I'm kind of like, eh, like you, you need to, uh, you know, you know it, it, I'm not hundred percent sold unless, unless he shows it in camp and he's like, I can do this. And then they show that he can do this. I'm not so sure that, that that's – it's not Madden. You know, you, you can't just throw people in and they're just going to play a different position. Exactly. Um, and, and, you know, the, the worry that I have – and the, the real worry I have about this defense, right, is the – I've talked about this before on this podcast, right, but the regression in turnovers. Um, 
Now, look, you know, Minkovic Patrick was a huge reason why this defense was so good when it came to turnovers. And it, I think his turnovers did certainly fall off in the second half of the year as teams started to realize, hey, you know, we can't throw at Minka anymore. And, you know, putting him in a situation where he is more flexible around and, uh, you know, he can play different positions definitely makes him more of a playmaker in this defense. So I, I get why the Steelers want to do that. There's a lot of good reasons to want to move Minka around in this in this defense. Um, because you ha- you worry that if he just plays single high, yes, this defense can be a- effective, but can it be a- as dynamic as it was as far as turnovers, uh, you know, as they were a year ago where they led the league by, you know, uh, it wasn't a mile, but I mean, you know, they, they, they had the most turnovers that they get any team has had in like the last five years. No, I, uh, I, I do think, I do think it's, it's going to be an interesting position that the Steelers are in just with this safety position, with how they handle it. I still think they could go out and get somebody. You know, I brought I was Clayton, just gonna say, yeah. Yeah. You know, Clayton Gathers. There's other there's other safeties that are floating around out there. And they don't have to be great safeties. They just have to be adequate. Just right. hey, play the deep. Don't give up the big play. You know, cut do what Sean Davis did a few years ago. Just, you know, kind of make sure that make sure that you're keeping everyone on the same page and just no one gets behind you. Or what Will Allen did for the Steelers in the mid to mid to that twenty tens. Super no. underrated. Super underrated. Super underrated. Just very solid at his job and and very technical in what he was doing. Um. So uh. So so I I think that that uh we that we we could see something there. We're gonna cut to a quick break here. When we come back, we're gonna be talking about some interesting stuff that's been happening with another team that the Steelers are going to play a lot right after this. Hey guys, you ever have that problem where you're just trying to get through your day and you need a snack to get you through, but you don't want to go to the vending machine and get you something that's unhealthy? I've got a great option for you, and that's Built Bar. Built Bar are these protein and energy bars that are covered in 100% chocolate, but they're also low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great tasting with 16 different flavors to work your way through. And I know because I've worked my way through quite a few of them already. There are new sponsors here at the pod, at the Locked On Podcast Network, but they've got flavors like double chocolate mousse, banana nut bread, mint brownie delight, raspberry chocolate cream, and so many more. They're, they're great and tasty, they're soft and chewy, and they're great for you. They can also fill you up, make sure that you're satisfied to help you get throughout your day without consuming a whole bunch of calories. For example, my favorite flavor so far, double chocolate mousse, is only 110 calories, packs 15 grams of protein, 7 grams of fiber, and only 4 grams of sugar and 4 grams of flat fat. And great to the great thing about all of them, they're gluten-free. So try out Built Bars. You can go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On. That's promo code Locked On, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. And you'll get $10 off your first order. Use promo code Locked On for that $10 off at BuiltBar.com. You'll get a great tasting snack and you'll feel great after eating them. All right, we're back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. And Chris Carter here with Tony Serino on a Tony Tuesday. And Tony... We were talking off air about this, and yeah. you know, I normally try to stick to Steelers stuff and, and things like. But you brought this up, and I think this is a relevant point. And it's a, it was a story about the Browns and Jadavian Clowney. Yeah, yeah. I, um, the, yeah go, go ahead, lead with. That was me. Yeah. Win, man. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I wasn't. I was like, did we? Did I lose internet for a second? I was. <laughs> <laughs> like looking at my Wi-Fi bar, I'm like, no, it still says I'm on. Um, it's a great podcast. This is uh, live. <laughs> <laughs> Jadavian Clowney, 
Uh, according to Adam Schefter, his his uh, the best offer he's received so far, by far the best offer he's received so far, came from the Cleveland Browns, a team that could very much use another ad- edge rusher, right? They they signed Olivier Vernon, or did they trade for Vernon a year ago? I forget. Yeah. But either way, they acquired Olivier Vernon a year ago, and he has been uh, not great, not great yeah. for the Browns uh, so far. Uh, but they're they're keeping him around, and I look, and they they can cut him, I think, with no repercussions, right? So if they want to get rid of him, they can just clear fifteen million dollars off their cap. Not that they need to. I mean, the, the Browns have a ton of cap space, but they could easily get Clowney in there for whatever Clowney wants. Clowney, though, has has rejected that offer thus far, and it, yeah. it brings up a point here, Chris, which is, you know, Browns fans will tell you that, hey, you know, the, all the pieces are there, right? And this thing has got to turn around at some point. And I am a believer in that, right? I I, I have said this on the AFC North Talk show that I do. Um, that I look at some point, the talent in Cleveland is going to outweigh all the problems. But if when you have players like Clowney who are turning down the opportunity to go to a team like the Browns, who again continue to add pieces, I thought their draft this year was terrific. Um, and that you know, Stefanski as a coach, we'll, we'll see, but you know, it's certainly not the joke hire that Freddie Kitchens was a year ago. So you have to feel like this is an organization moving in the right direction. And yet when I hear about Clowney being offered a spot to go there where he's going to be playing on the same defensive line as Miles Garrett, not going to be facing double teams as much, and yet he turns that down, I have to scratch my head and say, well, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this Browns thing is something where where players are saying no thank you and how much of that is discord in the locker room. Remember we heard a, a year ago about Odell Beckham going to opposing sidelines saying come get me, that yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, you know – this this Brown situation, look, they have a talented roster, but I I don't know that the the discord within the organization is is over just yet. Yeah, I I, I just I, you look at the Browns and, and you have to, if I'm a player, why would I go to this organization if I could pick where I want to go? You know, there's talent there, but it is obvious that there is just a a structural problem with them. Yeah. And if I'm Jadavian Clowney, I want to win. You know, I, 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 yeah, I want to get paid, but there's other places I can get paid and have a better chance at winning. And he, you know, maybe he, he, he's tired because he worked with the Texans for a long time, and the Texans were starting to see the cracks in that organization with how Bill O'Brien is and everything going on there. Um, maybe he's looking for the right situation for him. Um, but the fact that you turn down top dollar or at least big dollars. To go to a team where you'd pair up with Miles Garrett so you wouldn't just be the lone pass rusher. There is talent on that team. They have a quarterback. They got wide receivers. They got a good running back. They've been amassing lots of talent. They have a really good cornerback. Um, you know, you'd think that he'd be like, yeah, why not? I can I can put probably put up some good numbers with these guys. And if we don't win, you know, it'll be it'll be, you know, there'll be some potential here. He's like, but no, I'm not doing that. I, I think it's another slap in the face to what the Browns are. Um, and, and I think that there's there's still the there's still the the community of NFL players that talk about things and they're like I'm 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 not going there just you know yeah. just yet are you kidding yeah, yeah and and look it's it, it hasn't it hasn't manifested itself in that no free agents want to go there right because you know they right. did get I mean they got Jack Conklin this off season which was a big get for them because offensive line was such a big problem for them a year ago um and, and you know and maybe it still will be this year I mean there you know it, there, there's an open question for me about that Browns roster about who plays left tackle because you have two right tackles coming in and everyone just assumes oh yeah you know you get a right tackle left tackle it's all the same thing uh no it's not I mean it's you know it's right-handed left-handed type of thing you gotta change your whole uh stance and everything so I, maybe maybe someone can make that transition you know but 
yeah, I mean, I, I think that this, I think this, this Jadavian Clowney thing should not just be overlooked as like, okay, whatever, they couldn't get Clowney. I think that this I, I speaks to uh, players like Clowney not wanting to go to the Browns, um, and what that says about you know how the Browns are perceived by players in the NFL, um, and and you know, look, the Browns are gonna, I think the Browns are gonna still gonna, the Browns are still gonna be a problem at some point. I, I still, I, like, and I, even this isn't gonna turn me away from it as far as like. They just, I mean, I know you brought up the quarterback situation and like, you know, they, they have a quarterback. I, I'm not so sure that they have a quarterback just yet. And maybe, maybe Mayfield is the problem there. We'll, we'll find that out as the, as the year goes on. But I mean, when you look at their running back situation with Chubb and Hunt, and you look at their wide receiver situation with uh, Beckham and, and, and Landry, and then the tight ends when they add Austin Hooper and they don't trade away Njoku um, and they get Harrison Bryant in the draft. I mean, this team is like loaded talent wise. Um, they're going to be a problem at some point. And I think they could be an X factor in the AFC North. This year, and it, you know, for the Steelers, it's it's nice because three teams are going to make the playoffs as a wild card. Um, so I think the Steelers are going to make the playoffs no matter what. Um, but yeah, this this Browns this Browns thing is interesting, and I think it's something to monitor for Steeler fans uh, because look, this is not this is not just a today thing, right? This team continues to load with talent. Ben's going to be gone in, in two years. What do the Steelers look like at that time? And then what do the Browns look like at that time? And no one wants to think about that right now. Um, but you know, but, but, but Tony, we've seen that that organizations that don't have it together. That don't mean nothing. Right. People said that about the Jaguars just two or three years ago, and look at them now. Yeah. And no, I, right. I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. That, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Because that 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 Jaguars team was another team that had a ton of talent on it. Um, they they didn't they never solved the quarterback problem. Uh, and then you know they had the discord in the locker room, and that whole thing fell apart. Now they're in complete rebuild mode. You could argue that they're in complete tank mode. You know they but they're they're in the tank for Trevor camp. Um, I think the Jaguars is a good comparison there, yeah, because that's a team that should have been, you know, should have been able to ride out. They were in the AFC Championship game the one year. They should have been able to ride that out for a couple more years, and instead, the floor fell from underneath them, and now they're in rebuild mode again. Uh, I, I think it, you, you look at that, and I think that's a very much a possibility. That's another reason why certain players don't want to go there. Also, when I'm talking about organization dysfunction and the, the structural problems, it goes down to the smallest of things sometimes. I, I got to know a guy who was a trainer and he, he went from being a trainer at the Steelers to another team. I won't say the other team, but they were not a good team. I'll say that. Um, and what he told me was basically that uh, like the Steelers, everything's regimented, the medicine, the, the, the supplies, everything you do, there's a log for it. It's, it's uh, it's a whole system. And it's so that when you come to the system, you can learn it. It's structured. Everyone can follow it. He said, when he got to this team, they, like they had in their in their prescription cabinet and like their their in their stuff that they had where they were you know getting the things for the athletes they said they had things in there that had expired decades ago and like it was such a mess compared to yeah, what yeah. the viewers do and yeah. that and think about something like that something where their trainers aren't on point so imagine what their coaching is like their scouting is like yeah. what their what their locker room is like what they focus on week to week and and even in the off season and how they bring in people and and how they integrate players into their team and get their playbook memorized the littlest things all add up to big things and the Steelers have have mastered a lot of that that's why they're a great organization the Patriots have done that yeah. uh, you know I think the Giants or not the Giants the Giants are, used to do that now, now they're they're struggling um, but the Packers, I think that them as an organization, they have they have they have good structures in place for how to yeah. handle those types of things. Baltimore, I think, is a good example. Baltimore's a, a very yeah. good example of a team, especially over the past twenty years, they've figured that out and they've been a consistent uh, a place 
placeholder for the way that they play football and, and they're right with the Steelers in the in success in the AFC North right now. So there's teams that have it and there's teams that don't. And I can see players that that uh that that are that could be tired of being in situations where it's not like that. Now Clowney was with the Seahawks, so uh and, and I think the Seahawks aren't one of those teams because they 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 found a way to, to work around success and and uh they they've been Super Bowl champions, been to another one and uh, Pete Carroll's done a very good job over there, but he may be leaving to try to find a better situation and just still not want to go to that to a situation that is with Cleveland. Yeah. The thing to remember about the NFL is that this is not like these are not the 32 best uh, NFL or football organizations in the world. Right. These just happen to be the only 32 football organizations in the world at a professional level, right? It's not like in, you know, in, in the, in, I, I'm going to bring up European soccer here, Chris, so you have to bear with me for a moment, but like in European soccer, right? The premier league is made up of the 20 best leads teams in the country, but there, you can fall down to the second division and the third division, right? So the cream rises to the top in the NFL. There are only 32 teams. So it's not like every team is run the same or like you have to be of a certain level to make it to the NFL. What you have to do to make it to the NFL is you have to buy a team and that's it. And they are all run separately. And that's why teams like the Bengals and Browns are always going to just be bad because it, it, it stems from the top uh, and the ownership of those organizations where, you know, they just do not have winning cultures. And I think the Browns for so long now, well, really, for in this instance of the Browns, it's really been forever uh, that, you know, there's just it's it, it just there's no culture of winning there. And and like you said, it is a, it, it, it can be dysfunction in a lot of ways for, for players that just don't want and they don't want it. They don't want any part of that. Yeah, it's a very interesting point. Um, and, and, and once again, it's made the clown, the, the, the clowns. Wow. I was about to do that myself. The Cleveland Browns. Uh, thought I was on AFC North talk for a second. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, that was not intentional. That was just, just yeah. but also, I mean, come on, your name's the Cleveland Browns. It's an easy, it's an easy mistake that someone's gonna make in the clouds. There's so many problems. Anyways, but but uh, once again, they're the butt of a joke, and uh, it, you know, and, and and maybe they can turn around at some point. But I just, I have a hard time seeing it, Tony. I, yeah. I think that they they lack these the the structural integrity as an organization. The 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 um, the foundation to move forward, it would take a lot more fixing than just, hey, we're going to get uh, – it, it's going to take years. It's going to take a new a, – a completely new culture. It's what the Steelers did. When Noel came, he had to he had to uproot everything the Steelers had. And uh, he, there, were, there were two or three people left from the team that he inherited to the team that won the, that, that, that won the first Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And I, I, think, I think – I think the sign of dysfunction in Cleveland right now is that they fired Jack Dorsey. And and I think that there are there were maybe I was ta- talking to Quincy who does the Browns on our AFC North thing and, and he think he he's told me some legitimate reasons for getting rid of Dorsey. But you know Dorsey is in control of, of putting together this roster. This roster is very good. And the fact that Dorsey got let go I think speaks to some of that because that's something the Steelers would never do, right? They're, the Steelers are not going to fire Kevin Colbert for having you know uh, for having losing seasons even though the roster is very clearly full of talent. Uh, so I, yeah, I, I think that speaks to what you're saying as well. All right, we're going to cut to a break here. We come back. We're going to do some news and notes around the NFL. Lots of things to talk about right after this. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models of types of cars, it's impossible for places to keep all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. So why endure the pointless and seemingly intimidating questions that you'll get when you go into a store like, is your car an LX or an EX? And then you have to wait for the counterman to order parts on his computer and then choosing the only brand that his warehouse happens to carry. You can skip all that. 
Go to a computer at your own house or your own phone that's in your pocket and go to rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family-owned business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And then go to, go and write locked on for in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. Oh, we're back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. Chris Carter here with Tony Serino. Now, Tony, we're going to do some news and notes in this segment. And we're going to start off with a topic that's uh, not necess- it's not the NFL, but it's the people that are connected to the NFL, and that's college football. And uh, the news came out that Justin Ross, Clemson wide receiver, uh, guy that was ranked by the Draft Network to be the second best receiver in the upcoming class and uh, the 22nd best player in the overall class as it stands right now. But he's out for the season for Clemson if there is, an e- if there is, is a season. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it, it's interesting because I think it changes some of the dynamics of, of things. But – this also gives us a chance to talk about college football in general and how and what we think might be the case for how the, the next draft might look and how the Steelers could evaluate and how the entire NFL could evaluate these college players. Because, Tony, if there's no season, it, what are we going to do? Well, yeah, exactly. If there's no college football season – and I guess – look, look. You know, I've been saying for a while that I don't think there's going to be a college football season, but uh, I keep getting proven wrong when I hear athletic director after athletic director saying, you know, we're opening up our uh, camps this day and in certain um, conferences are opening up their, you know, their practices and whatnot are allowing workouts. It just it just seems strange to me that, you know, that, again, amateur athletes are going to be put in that situation. And, you know, again, you're going to have fans in the stands. You know, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen with the college football season. It feels to me like. I guess there shouldn't be a college football season, but. Uh, if there, you know, if there is, you know, what, what, what form does that take? Because what conferences allow it and which ones don't? And, uh, you know, are there certain teams that just say, hey, we can't do this? Uh, you know, it's going to be strange. I mean, the Justin Ross thing, look, the reason why I want to talk about it today is because uh, I, I don't know if the Steelers are going to be in the market for a wide receiver next year. Although it seems like I guess the Steelers are in the market for a wide receiver every year. Um, <laughs> maybe, if, maybe I, I guess, you know, the circumstances would have to be like, you know, Juju has a bad year and James Washington has a bad year. And so then the Steelers are like, well, we got to get rid of Juju and this James Washington guy not really working out. So we probably want to add another player. So Justin Ross is going to be out for the, the entire year. He's got a spinal issue. And the doctors are saying that this could be, I mean, it could be career threatening in this case. So it's, it's a really devastating injury. Yeah, it's, for him. yeah it's, it's really bad. Um, but it does, you know, and this is one of those things where like, you know, let's say the Steelers are uh, picking, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be greedy. Let's say they're picking in the thirties, Chris, right? Let's say they're picking in the thirties. So if, if Justin Ross, he, he you're comes not back healthy. greedy and you say they're going to be one of the top three teams. Right. Oh, I was going to say 32. I was going to say they're picking 30 seconds, but uh, yeah, but I don't want to be greedy. Right. So we'll what? just put him in the, we'll put him in the championship game and then we'll let, we'll let, we'll let it play from there. You know, we'll let, we'll let it ride from there. Um, but no, this is a situation where like if Ross clearly was going to, I think was going to be a first round talent. Now he falls to second round, you know, it allows some talent to fall up or to, to, uh, to come up to the Steelers a little bit, but it brings up the bigger point of like, look, Justin Ross is going to miss the 2020 season. But like you said, what happens if there's no college football at all in 2020, or what if there are certain guys who, who certain colleges that play and certain ones that don't. And then are there guys that 
that shouldn't play right now, you know, not only because of the coronavirus thing, but they can kind of use, look, we, we already have college athletes today who don't want to play in bowl games for risking injury, right? Because, hey, I've already put my tape out there and I don't, you know, I don't want to risk this, uh, you know, for another game. And so they already sit out for the bowl game. You know, is this going to be a year in which those same players who can rightfully say, look, I'm not going to play not only for coronavirus reasons, but because I've already, I, again, I've already put my tape out there, right? You look at a guy like, uh, we were talking about during the break, Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback from Clemson, who, you know, could, should be the first overall pick or, or could very easily be the first overall pick or, or a guy like Dylan Moses, the linebacker from Alabama, who I know he, he elected to come back now to Alabama and play. So I, I doubt that he would want to sit out the entire year, but you know, in this situation, he probably could sit out the entire year and still get drafted where he would have a year ago. No, I agree. Dylan Moses of Alabama is a, is a player that he you know, he's kind of like how, how Grant Delpit was before this upcoming season, you know, before this past season, uh, you know, because Grant Delpit was, uh, you know, looked at as a guaranteed top five player to be drafted. He was a super safety. And then, uh, you know, but then his profile fell off because he was hurt and then he didn't have a great bounce back. And then he was drafted in the second round, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, by the Browns, by the Browns, by the way. Which by, is, the, by the Browns. Which yeah, really, you know, had to bring that up. Um, no, it was it's it was on on today's show. I was, <laughs> but uh, but Dylan Mo, but you're right. Players like Dylan Moses, players like Trevor Lawrence, you know, they're top dogs. But you know, what could happen if you know like the guy that you're hyping, Trey Lance? You know, what if no yeah. state? What if they're playing and people see him a lot more? And then, or, or even just the notion that what if a guy gets gets sick? What if he catches? What if what if a guy catches COVID? And then that just drops drops their their status down, and then another quarterback or another player in their position just excels over them, and right. people are like, "Man, I want that guy." Right. I mean, this, this could lead to a very interesting draft period because a lot of people go off of you know combine numbers, and then the combine would be another issue because uh, we we, we I, you know we remember they got the combine off. Uh, you know, just just before all just this. Just before, stuff. yeah. There was no yeah. pro days, and there was no pro days at all. Right. And that was that that was it limited how much anyone was able to see, uh, you know, if you didn't do anything at the pro, at the, at the combine. So, yeah, um, so so much to consider there. Yeah, uh, you, you have to imagine you have to imagine there would be pro days th this time around. Right. Because I think with what we know about it, you can do social distancing at the pro day itself. You can do the masks and all that. Right. I mean, I think they could do pro days in that way. And, and I don't know how much evaluators use pro days over game film, but you, I guess you could do it in that way. The real, the real thing that would suck here is, is for a guy who, you know, was going to like, or, you know, a senior at Alabama or a senior at one of these big schools who was finally going to get their chance to start. And then, they're, they're, you know, there just is no college football for a year and they never get a chance to really put their tape out there. Um, or a guy, I mean, a guy that I'm thinking of now would be like a guy like Jamie Newman who transferred from Wake Forest to Georgia, big school, can, can you know, get some big tape out there, set himself up for potentially being, you know, maybe not a first round pick, but it's, it's certainly, uh, you know, the first couple days of the draft. And, and, you know, what happens to that situation? I mean, that, that's that, that's going to be the real shame of it. But, I mean, you know, we're talking about amateur athletes in a situation like this. Um, you, you have to put safety first. No, I agree. I agree. And that's a that's a lot of other um, that's, that's a lot of other stuff to have to consider. And, uh, you know, whether or not we'll have a college season, we'll, we'll I'm sure we'll find out. It seems like there's there's more efforts to push it to make it happen. Um, but, uh, but, uh, you know, we don't know how this summer is going to go. We did, we just started June. Um, and, uh, right. if, uh, if, if June goes smoothly, maybe, maybe we get to July and maybe we're talking about this, but, um, 
if there's a second wave, if there, if there's a if there's other things to consider, you know, who knows how universities will react and who knows what the conferences, you know, the NCAA is structured very differently than the NFL. They they have these conferences, they they have their own money, they have their own deals, uh, and they 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 want to to there's gonna be people that want that want to get those things done. There's gonna be other people that are like, you know what, we're not gonna put things at risk. Um, it's it's gonna be very interesting to see how this plays out. Yeah, um, for sure. But uh, in, in, in other news and notes, Tony, what's, what was the, there was another story you brought up to me that you wanted yeah. to Yeah, I want to talk about the XFL. I know everyone thinks, oh, why are you talking about the XFL? It's dead. It's, it, they went bankrupt after COVID. They did. That is true. But it is interesting to me that they are not it, – it, it's not over yet, the, the XFL experiment, although Vince McMahon will not be behind it anymore. So what's happening now is they're going through their bankruptcy proceedings, um, and they're going to be selling off all the assets, and essentially they're going to be selling off you know, the, the league itself. And there was, there was talk – uh, that that Vince McMahon may want to buy back his own league for pennies on the dollar to try and restart it again in 2021. Uh, that's not going to happen. Right? Obviously, that would have been terrible publicity for him after he laid everyone off and you know he he fired Oliver Luck and you know he's trying to withhold some of his salary. They're going through court procedures there. I mean, you know, for 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 Vince, wouldn't have been a good look for him. Uh, so he's he's pulled out of that. But there are people, according to the Athletic, there are investors coming back in who want to try and buy the, the XFL, uh, the rights of the XFL, and try to get this thing restarted in 2021. They had a really good TV deal. I mean, they were on ESPN. They were on Fox Sports 1. I thought that the broadcasts themselves were well done, maybe maybe a little too much with the the on-the-field interviews during the game uh, type thing. But I, I, thought the, I thought the product itself was good enough. Um, and certainly, I'm a big fan of a spring league, and I'm just, I'm just happy uh, about the idea that we can— you know, Tony, yeah. I see through you. You're not. You don't fool anybody. This is all just a plot by you to get Landry Jones back on the field. Listen, you want to see not him? just Landry. I, I'm surprised you started with Landry because it's not just Landry. It's not, it's not just, just Landry because you know Duck's going to go there eventually. It, 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 you know, if there's no training camp, right? I, I don't know. If there no, this is, maybe this should be the tag. Maybe this should be the segment. If there's no training camp, does that hurt or help Duck? Right? Because Paxton Lynch versus Duck. And I guess JT Baird, you got to throw JT Baird in there as well. Uh, those are the guys that are going to compete for the going to compete for the third spot on the roster. Do you think it's it's more beneficial for Duck because he has the tape out there already? Whereas the Steelers, you know, the big problem for them and what Tomlin and Colbert were saying last year is like, look, we can't put Paxton Lynch out there because the guy has no reps. Yeah, so absolutely. I guess, it's, so I it's guess it's a good bad. thing for them. It's a good thing for him that there's no camp, right? Yeah, uh, if if there's no camp, uh, it would benefit it would benefit Duck because they're they're gonna be like you know we're gonna go with the guy that knows the system, right? Um, you know, but it's also gonna be pressure on Hodges to make sure that hey, you but you better you better show that you still know it after after all this time, right? Uh, and and, uh, and if he if he comes in raw and Paxton Lynch and him are neck and neck, I you know I think that Paxton Lynch's raw ability to just throw the ball farther. Right. Um, Certainly got the pedigree. I mean, Paxton Lynch has the pedigree. Yeah. Right. All right. I'm a big, I'm a big no training camp guy now. I'm a big, you yeah, convinced big. me, Chris? Big no training camp. Guy. I, 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 you, hear, you hear this guy, guys? <laughs> I, I saw through exactly what he was going with. Uh, listen, you got to get the XFL back because, yeah, I mean, listen, cover boy Landry Jones, you got to get him another shot. His season ended terribly with another knee injury. Um, so yeah, want to see him get another shot. I, and I look, and I just thought the XFL was, was a good product. I, I do think that spring football has, it should have some sort of a place, um, because so many, I mean, we look, we look at the, the AAF, the, the Steelers signed so many players from the AAF. The Steelers have now also signed so many players from the XFL. Clearly the kind of farm league system that these 
leagues are going for would work. Now, I don't know how they make that work financially because, you know, the the uh, what was the guy's name? PJ PJ Walker was the, the quarterback who lit it up in the XFL. Right? I'm getting that right. No, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I yeah. So a, a guy like that, you know, he's gonna he he would become the face of the league for a year. Then the NFL gobbles him up. Then the NFL or then the the XFL has to go through that same process again of building up another star and then getting him to the the NFL, right? And it would be that cyclical process. So it would be tough for them to like build up stars and rivalries as the as the players churn through. But I think it's a good system for them if they can figure out how to make it work financially. And I'm excited that there actually are investors out there who are trying to make this work again, even after the AF had a disastrous failure, you know, having to shut down mid-season. And then the XFL, who looked like, you know, financially they were going to make it through the season and and I think they had a good product on the whole. You know, unfortunately for them it was it was COVID that shut them down. But I'm excited that another yeah. investor is going to come in and maybe try and make that work. Yeah, Vince McMahon has a rough record too as a, as an owner. I mean, he he, WWE has soared to great heights, but there's a lot of stories about how messed up a lot of the 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 things are about oh, yeah. WWE. Yeah, and the you want you want to talk about bad? We talk about bad management with the Browns. Yeah, go read some Vince McMahon stories. I mean, they're they're nuts. They're absolutely I, insane. I, if if you want to uh, and, and if you want a segment where someone kind of explains it to you and you don't have to do a whole lot of digging yourself, just look up uh, John Oliver's. Uh, show he does uh, last week tonight look up john oliver talking about wwe and vince mcmahon and uh, the way he puts it is like he's like oh yeah the nfl and how bad they run things now imagine someone that makes them look amazing and that's yeah. vince mcmahon yeah. and so i mean and oliver luck you know a, a guy andrew luck's dad he was he was you know part of that and he, he's suing vince mcmahon right now and vince mcmahon just because they because they canceled his contract and they said that he violated his contract because he used his work phone for some personal use. It's like <laughs> – It's insane. It's yeah. like trying to come up with reasons why not to pay the guy. And I yeah. get it because, like, you know, the, the league clearly at that point, you know, had no income because they had no – Yeah. Yeah. They had no – but still, it's, it's a, it's a shady – it was a shady way for him to go about the whole thing. But, you know, that's Vince McMahon's ways. Yeah. So if you ever want to understand that. So I, I think it could really benefit if, if there's some legitimate owners that, that take it on. And uh, have the connections to to get it on TV again the way it was, um, and I think the country would like to have some spring football um, and just a, a, another another outlet for sports to be able to join. People seem like they were starting to get into it before it, it got destroyed by COVID nineteen along with everything else. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Tony, while you had devious plans to even bring that in in the first place, it was a good job <laughs> on your part for mentioning it. Um, Gotta get my boy Landry on the show. I haven't talked about him in a while. Oh gosh. One of these days, I'm gonna ha- I'm gonna have him be a surprise guest for you. Oh my goodness! Like he, you're you're gonna get a chance to interview him. I love you, Landry. <laughs> Landry, what's it like to be so awesome? <laughs> oh my god! Anyway, that's our show from Locked On Steelers podcast. Uh, Tony, thanks for coming on, man. You're always you're my guy. You're the dude. Let people know where they can find more of your work. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Steeler Country, uh, and you can find me on uh, YouTube. My new show is called AFC North Talk. It is a roundtable show all about the AFC North. I represent the Steelers. Uh, we have guys from the Browns, Bengals, and Ravens, so give that a listen or watch. Again, it's on YouTube, AFC North Talk. Um, you guys know you can follow me on Twitter, at Carter Critiques. If you follow me, I'll follow you back. Um, thanks to those who do follow me. Also, join the Locked On Steelers Facebook group where you get to vote on things like our Fantasy Draft Friday contest that Tony just won. And uh, you get to contribute there. Again, search Locked On Steelers on Facebook. Ask the group. We're over 600 strong right now, and we're growing every day. Um, join, join when you can. And uh, also, thanks to those who uh, support the show. If you, if you want to support the show and you like what you're hearing here, one, you can 
subscribe to us on any of the major podcasting platforms, but also please leave a five-star review for us on Apple Podcasts. It really helps us get the word out the show. If you leave a five-star review and a positive comment, you will get your, 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 your comment shouted out on the show so long as it's safe for work. Thanks again for listening to the Locked On Steelers podcast. We'll be back in your ears tomorrow talking more on the Steelers and the NFL. Rock and roll.